0: This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions, fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brandt!
1: Thank you, Bruce Buffer. As always, the voice of 10 questions, and you, the audience of 10 questions, thank you for joining us. Come on in. Relax, kick back, enjoy this, because it's going to be a wild one. As usual, we don't have a guest. We continue our streak of never having a guest. We have a contestant, and we have 10 questions for that contestant, all somehow related to their life. If they get the question right, they get a point. If they don't get it right, they get squat, and they get a final score. Today's contestant, unbelievably competitive, which is going to play right into this before he or she is allowed into the arena Let's give them some context, some of the contestants they'll be competing against, prior contestants right here. Have a listen. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got
2: 6 out of 10. I'm Vigo Mortensen, and I got 8 out of 10. Hey, I'm Aaron Andrews. I got a 5 out of 10. I'm Rob Gronkowski. And I'm Camille Kostick, and,
1: and
0: we, we got, got a 6 out, six out of 10. 10.
1: 6 out of 10s, 8 out of 10s. We've had a 9, we've had a 3, and now we have a new gladiator in the arena. Give me my entrance music, please. This gentleman grew up a Chicago Bears fan. He really enjoys his Rihanna. And if you think he enjoys Rihanna, you should see him get after some Panda Express. He will clean up the Panda Express. And he once said, when you pancake a guy, you can feel their breath exhale. To me, that's their soul leaving their body. That is one hell of a quote. It is one hell of a contestant. His name is George Kittle. What's up, George?
3: Oh, Kyle, you you are you are incredible. Absolutely. I love all of that. Um kind of, you know, nervous about the scores, but you know, I'm I'm a competitive person, so I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get ready for this, you know. I've been training a little bit, you know, you've asked me a little bit. I kinda pushed you off. I wanted to yeah. see the questions. So I think I'm all right. I think I'm gonna do pretty well. But uh I will say that was a fantastic uh, intro you had for me.
1: Well, any nice. mention of, of orange chicken chow mein, I know blows your hair back, dude. George, do you have before I, we I start was just sitting there? I know you were like, he was doing like an air guitar, but with a fork. Before we start, do you have a goal? Sometimes I ask contestants what their goal is for your final score out of 10. Is there something you'd like to hit? I'd like to hit 10. You want to hit 10? But I'm just here to have a good time, honestly. All right. I have to admit, George, I looked at the questions before this. Sometimes we're like, oh, these are easy. I think you got a hard batch. I'm not going to, I'm just going to set the tone right now. I think this is difficult. You're going to know George if you got it right you're going to hear the following sound if George Kittle gets the right answer, you'll hear this. Okay. Hopefully 10 right. times. But George, should you stumble, should you drop it, you have to hear this sound.
3: That's much that's much more dramatic.
1: very especially when it's on a question that's on the tip of your tongue and we'll get there last thing before we start george you do have one lifeline in all of this if at any point Mm. you're totally flummoxed you have no idea what that has to do with you what the answer is we have a lifeline called ask a millennial it's interesting because you yourself are a millennial but we have one of your fellow guys he's 26 years old his name's richie and he'll come in and you'll have 30 seconds to just talk it through and maybe he can jog some ideas cool
3: (laughs) you picked my lifeline beforehand (laughs)
1: It's the same guy for everybody because when we it's have Richie. in like Tim Robbins <laughs> from Shawshank, like he's much older. So when Richie comes in, it's like generations colliding. So everybody gets Richie. It's the same one that Gronk oh. got, same one before that. You got to roll with Richie. Well, hey, Gronk had, had the
2: misses. Like, I know.
1: I know. Listen, mm, Gronk had the to misses. Claire? Is Claire Hill hey. nearby? My mom, my mom is here
3: and just a little backstory for her. I told her what I was doing today. And I was like, yeah, uh, I got a, I got a little podcast thing with Kyle brand. She goes, Oh, I know Kyle. Yeah. I know who that is. I was like, really? she's like, I, feel, I wake up every morning and I see all of them on TV and I feel like we're all friends now. And wow, so that's awesome. you're friends with my mom. She's George, sitting what's over your here. Mom's name? Jan.
1: All right. So Jan, I, I love to hear it. Love to be friends with her. If she wants to chime in, we also had Keegan, Michael key, his wife kept helping him too. So we don't run that strict of Ooh. a ship. But maybe you won't get okay. it, George. Let's find out. You have the lifeline. You have Jan.
3: I will say this. My mom is excellent at Jeopardy. So, yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to get some of these right. All right. I'm just going to throw her a lifeline once in a while. Let's That's go. That's fine.
1: Without further ado, George Kittle, here are your 10 questions. Your first category, question number one. The category is beer. George, in the world of beer, what does MGD stand for? Mm. m g d multi-grain drink say it again a multi a multi-grain drink i think that's a better answer than the real answer is it a multi-grain drink there's grains in it Ah. an mgd if i say kiddo can it be an mgd that is known as a miller genuine draft
3: yeah bud light sponsored sorry i can't say that (laughs) So, so you said that. I can't even say that man. You, you're not That's contractually
1: tough. allowed to say Miller Genuine Draft, even if you said it sucks. Bud Light, Bud Light. All right. Well, the reason I picked that <laughs> draft that is really funny. The reason I picked Miller Genuine Draft is because it's draft season in the world Ooh, that we do. Oh, um, wow, dude! I was looking back to the 2017 NFL Draft of which you were a part of. Do you remember? Do you remember how many tight ends were drafted before you? Eight. That's correct. Yeah. Eight tight ends.
2: That George, are you one question? of those
1: guys? That's yeah, kind of counts. The supplementary questions don't count. Are you one of the guys who are like, um, you know, like there's the Brady seven, like all the ones who were drafted were him. What about the Kittle eight? Like, can you name all of them?
3: Yeah, I can name them all, but like it's not a chip on my shoulder. Like I'm just happy I got drafted. And it's also I'm happy that I got drafted to a place that was per, the perfect fit for me. And I've had success there. So um, I, I'm just going to try to be the best side out of the bunch. And it's not really a chip on my shoulder. It's just you know my own personal goal.
1: So it's like, you know, guys like OJ Howard and Evan Ingram got drafted really high, but you're like, if that, if that was me, great. I got drafted high, but like, maybe I'm not the right fit. Maybe I don't have the right coach. It doesn't piss you off at all.
3: No, that's all right. I'm doing pretty well for myself. I'm okay.
1: You're going to find, I think, the listener, that there's not a lot of things that piss George off. Like, you have a really happy contagiousness to you. And, like, I think it, people love it. And that's the perfect kid answer. It's like, I'm doing pretty well. What do I care about the draft? But what about this, George? What about um, now that you've gone through it a bunch of years and you've, done, you've been successful and you've won so many games, what's it like just as a current player watching on draft night? What, what is that like, especially when your team's on the clock? I mean, I still
3: get anxiety from it, just like because I know. I mean, I just try to put myself. I was in those shoes, and so I, I definitely get anxiety with this watching it. And I mean, I just like watching the in-home stuff, seeing how people celebrate with their families. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. I think was it? I think it was Kenlaw who was like dad or uncle or someone like rolled out of the screen. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff's so funny to me. <laughs> like, I love draft parties. So. Uh, I, yeah, I, I watch it. I pay attention, especially, you know, I, I'll shoot a text to my tight end coach once in a while and I'll ask him if he has any pole in there, you know, yeah. Hey, look at this, but no, and I have zero pull. I just work here.
1: Sure. And you work really well. It's interesting. <laughs> Cause you know, the players well, Or have you seen this guy? Everyone is, they're doing backflips over this tight end from Florida named Kyle Ooh. Pitts. Have you seen this dude?
3: Yeah. I watch him play. Are you kidding me?
1: Okay. So I love watching tight ends. So you, this is guys going to be part of the fraternity. Six foot six, he just ran a four four six, and they're saying that like he could go like the second overall pick, like that high. What do you think of him?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a playmaker. I think in all the games he played, he averaged like two touchdowns a game. I mean, just get the guy the ball. So uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see him at the next level. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't pick them at a high pick unless like you're drafting a quarterback, I guess, like Trevor Lawrence, I guess over, one overall, but you look at guys and players and athletes, guys that make plays consistently, I don't know if there's anyone else on the list other than the tight end Kyle Pitts. Dude's a ball. What baller. would a
1: tight end taken number two overall do for like the tight end nation, the tight end brotherhood?
3: Uh, probably, I don't know, potentially raise like the, you know, what tight ends get paid to a better amount. No, we're still working on that.
1: I know you're doing God's work. I mean, look at that beautiful woodwork behind you. George, where Where are you you right now? Are you in, you're not in the Uh, Bay area, right?
3: No, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: And you have set up shop there. Like that's, that's your stomping ground now. It is after my
3: rookie year. I had no idea where I wanted to train. Uh, I didn't want to go back and live in Iowa because I hated winter. Um, I don't like the cold that much. I lived in it for a long time. I'm good. Um, so I had CJ Beathard and Trent Taylor, two guys that, you know, I got drafted with. I played college ball in Tennessee. I've been to Nashville a couple of times. Like, hey, just come train with us. I needed a quarterback. So I had CJ and I just kind of fell in love with it. I have a great speed coach. I have a great strength coach and uh, just kind of guys have kept, you know, coming down here. I got, you know, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Robbie Tanyan. Uh, you know, I got the boys down here and I got a you know, couple of guys from San Fran I trained with. So we got a good group here and just kind of building an entire facility and uh, it's, it's going pretty well right now
1: it's like a whole compound like with a dash of rocky four like you got to be super proud of that man
3: yeah i know it's it's really cool and there's uh, i have a lot of you know cool surprises and additions that are coming in uh the upcoming months so i'm pretty pumped about it, you know might put a my i'm trying to get a 40 yard indoor put up on the property as well got oh 75 acres so i got i got a lot of
1: room to play 75 yeah oh my gosh all right so you could fit like 50 kinnick stadiums on your property that is awesome George, you got to get some points, though, like you did at Kenny. I did. You asked asked me
3: if I knew who Kyle Pitts was. I did. That's correct.
1: There's there's uh, 10 load-bearing questions, and then the rest of them are just fun. Here's a load-bearing question.
3: I I, I will also say that the first question you gave me was (laughs) beer-related, and you said it was about me, and so I like that. So we can keep it alcohol or know, beer-related. All right, well, no, I'll go someplace you like,
1: too. Watch this. All these categories you're going to love. Question number two, your category, George, is Game of Thrones. Okay, in the Red Keep, Lancel Lannister is in front of Queen Cersei. The Mountain steps in between them, and Lancel wants them wants him to step aside. Lancel says, "Tell your man to step aside or there will be violence." How does Queen Cersei reply?
3: Oh my gosh, this is in the Red Keep.
1: Yes. So the mm. religious guys are there, and they're like, you got to come with us. So the mountain steps oh, in front yeah, of it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he goes, that. tell your man to step aside or there will be violence, and Cersei's reply is iconic. Three words. Um, I am violence. I don't know. Do you Hold on. Now, before you answer, okay. do you want to ask mom? Do you want to ask uh, Richie, the lifeline? He says, mm. there will be violence. She says, you're very close to it, George, very close. I, do you want to burn a lifeline? I want to say I am violence, but. Final
3: answer? Hmm. My mom knows nothing about Game of Thrones.
1: Right. Does
3: Richie know anything about Game of Thrones?
1: I'm willing to bet he is. He's a 26-year-old straight white guy. So yes, I probably think he knows it. Do you want to try it? Now, listen, sometimes Richie comes on and just completely fails. He blew Brett Favre's affairs terribly. He helped your boy Vigo a lot. Do you want to try Richie or save him?
3: I'll try Richie. Richie, get in here.
1: Get in here. He's pissing his pants if he doesn't know Game of Thrones. Richie Bozek, this is George Kittle. Say hello.
0: George, how's it going? I'm sorry, you know, I'm not someone you know a little better, but... What's up, (laughs) Richie? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. 30
1: seconds, please. Again, Lancel says, tell your man to step aside or there will be violence. What iconic Game of Thrones line does Queen Cersei reply with?
0: I think you were very close. I want to say I choose violence. Does that sound more right? Oh,
1: yeah. that's That sounds so
3: right. All right. What did that you say, Richie? So right. I choose violence.
1: Okay. Now, Richie, you didn't choose Google, right? You're not sitting in front of your computer Googling this shit, are you? No, no, okay. no. So, George, you want to go with Richie's answer? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go right. with Richie's answer. George, by way of Richie, says, I choose violence. Is that right? <laughs> George, what do you want to say to Richie?
3: Richie, I appreciate you, and uh, Kyle should give you a raise. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I say it. to Richie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe I can send you some Bud Light.
1: Yes, get some Bud Light. Far superior to Miller Genuine George. I choose violence. <laughs> um, George, I asked you about that because obviously you were a big Game of Thrones guy with that was going on. But also, in your line of work, you often choose violence. You do. Mm. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Why? Football is a violent
3: sport. I don't know how else you'd play the game. Like, um, It's one of the only sports for your legally allowed to beat the shit out of each other excuse my language but it just it is what it is and so i feel like it's a violent sport to be played violent and no i think i mean obviously protect everybody like you don't want to take cheap shots and stuff like that but it's a violent game you're meant to hit the guy in front of you and um you know that's what it is and so i play the game with a violent intention and i think that might be why i'm so happy off the field because i take my anger out on a football
2: field
1: you know people say a lot that you stiff arm I watch it, George. I don't see an old fashioned stiff arm. I, I see more of a punch. Like it's a blow. Yeah. It's not like this back from nineteen fifties putting your, your arm out. You punch. What goes mm. through the that that mind of yours? You catch the ball and there's three guys in front of you.
3: Um, see two split 2 I'll take an edge. Try to make someone stay worse. And I mean, I know I'm going to get hit, so I might as well hit them harder than they hit me. And that usually goes really well for me. Sometimes I get I get hit really hard but like I said, it's a violent sport. I don't get angry about that. No, it's football. And so, like I said, I go out there with a violent intention and some people don't want to match that. And that gives me an advantage.
1: Even in the NFL, best athletes on the planet, you run across people who don't want to match it or can't
3: both I'd say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, like, yeah, they're fantastic athletes. You got like all Americans at every single, you know, on every single team, but Some guys don't have to be incredibly aggressive or violent. Some guys can avoid
2: contact. I choose to make contact. It's more fun.
1: Is that natural born or taught the violence?
2: I'd say 50, 50. Mm I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I know. And when I was a kid,
3: I was more of a, I just, I was fast when I was a kid. So I just run around people and there wasn't a lot of violence, but um, I don't know. It's just something I have, you know, grown accustomed to and I think also you know I got my tight end coach John Embry who said like stop he goes never run out of bounds he goes just run through people because they don't want to get hit and I think that's been a mindset that's really worked for me um you know kudos to him too so he's definitely helped me a lot with that
1: you know it's funny George I've watched so many interviews you've done I've been part of several of them and I always wonder if you want to use violence against any of the interviewers when they come to two questions there's two questions George that you always get and this is how it's there's are you better than Travis Kelsey? Why isn't there a rivalry between you? That's one. And Mm -hmm. then there's, do you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you believe, you get that all the time and you get it and you gets it. And all of the teammates continue to get it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you get that question so much?
3: Uh, I mean, we're the San Francisco 49ers. We're a very popular franchise, famous franchise. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, you know, there's high stakes and, You know, people expect us to win football games. And I think being the quarterback of like a top-notch franchise, yeah, it's probably the limelight is on you. It's it's on him and it's on Kyle Shanahan. Like, you know, hey, if you guys aren't doing it, then something's wrong. Well, yeah, the whole team has to do it because that's football. So I was my dog that just says hello. But yeah, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, and I think, I mean, especially for Jimmy, just because, you know, everyone, you know, had high expectations for him when he was leaving the Patriots and like we all do. and. Uh, you know, I think he can play higher than his expectations on himself, too. And I think he has even like he has a lot of ball ahead of him. I think it's a lot of good ball ahead of him. So um, I think he just gets that question because you know, it's a quarterback. Like, why would you not point the finger at the QB? I,
1: I completely agree. It's he, it's part of the the logo on the helmet. The position is part of how he looks as part of his yeah. contract. But, George, I've heard you so passionately defend him, and I respect it. Let me ask you this as a final question here. We talked about the draft is coming up. How would you feel if you're sitting at home in Nashville and you got the TV on and the Niners are on the clock and they spend an early pick on a quarterback?
2: Uh, Like the Packers did last year.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I
3: trust Kyle and John. They're trying to do whatever they can to make the team better. So whether that's competition, whether that, I mean, it is what it is. Like I don't really have a say in it. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to try to do my job the best of my ability and support whoever's on my team. Like I get it. It's It's a competitive sport and, you're competing for jobs every single day. And, uh, you know, I want Jimmy to be my quarterback and, you know, that's what camp and OTAs and competitions for. So I just, you know, whatever they do, I can't wait to see what, you know, what the team looks like in a couple of weeks.
1: We have a very fun question about Jimmy coming later, but now we go to question three where oh, George no. Kittle is already one out of two. You're going to love the Jimmy question. Category number three, George, name the movie. I'm going to play you a clip from a movie. All you have to do is say what movie it is from today's movie comes from the year 1989 well before your time but I think given some of your background and interest I bet you have seen this movie George Kittle listen closely name this movie check this out he must have been king of the wicker people (laughs) oh
2: oh, where'd this come from
0: I have no idea
2: (laughs) it's Japanese how do you know because I bought it in Japan
1: Hmm. sound familiar at all
3: man my first thought was Die Hard with John McClane but mm-hmm. I heard Japanese
1: mm. this is one of the most commercially successful movies of all time uh, it has major movie stars in it it, uh, it relates to some of your interests and some of the things that motivate you what do you think can you play it one more time of course we can check this out he must have been king of the wicker
3: people <laughs> oh, oh where'd this come from i have no Who idea of the wicker people <laughs> it's japanese how do
2: you know because i bought it in japan
1: so you got two people bullshitting back and forth about king of the wicker people where this come from and then some guy comes in at the end he seems kind of cool and he's like, I know oh, yeah, seems super Japanese. Cool. Sounds like he buys expensive shit in Japan. He must be a really rich guy. And if I go any further, George, the attorneys are going to choose violence on me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My mom's think? laughing.
1: Hey, one more time and I'll have it. I promise. See, This is funny. Because, George, this is when the people listening and watching on YouTube are like, Kittle, how do you not know this movie? Come on, dude. All right. George I wants one more time. This is it play the movie for him and I'm gonna only, the only way I can tell you is the last person who speaks is the one who's gonna really give it to you, go ahead
2: Check this out
1: (laughs) He must have
3: been king of the wicker people
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh,
2: where'd this come from?
0: I have no idea
2: (laughs) It's Japanese How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan
3: That sounded like Michael Keaton at the end Okay so is this a bat is this like a batman movie for when michael keaton was in it
1: george i handle the questions on the show you're responsible for the answers so if i say
3: batman do i have to know which batman it was because now i know i think it's i think it's the first one okay would you like to submit an answer george it's batman with michael keaton that's my guess all right
1: george says batman with michael keaton is he right we did it! We did it.
3: <laughs> Dude, I as the second you said the last time you said it, I was like, because I was stuck with my first thought was John McClain
2: yeah. and
3: the first the first diehard, and I couldn't get off that. And then this that last one, uh now, now I remembered it. it, just clicked for me. I was like, Oh yeah, Michael Keaton, that's Batman. Duh. Yeah, Vicky Gale
1: and the reporter are like looking through this room of collectibles he has, and like, What is this? Yeah. What is this? And then he just rolls up. Yep. So, yeah, nope. I'm good. Thank you. Two out of three, George. Um, I'm asking you about Batman because would you mind showing us on camera you have a crazy, sick Joker oh. tattoo? Let's see this thing. Oh, yeah. Let's put a smile on that face. Unbelievably cool. George, it's big. It's really detailed. And it, For anybody just listening, he, it's not Jack Nicholson Joker. It's Heath Ledger Joker. Why did you get that permanently on your skin?
3: Um. Well honestly, like the, one of the biggest things other than that being one of my favorite movies, um, I don't, me and my dad talk a lot about, uh, like alter egos and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, it's partially why I have like the master chief on my other forearm. Um, I'm big on visualization. I like seeing things. Um, and I don't, I just, for me to see something and then I, to me, I can channel the energy and the joker of the chaotic, but he's just loving his life the entire time. Like he's having the most fun of anybody else out there. He's just kind of a psychopath. Uh, I think that's putting it lightly, but I kind of feel like that's me sometimes when I play football and I'm just having the most fun out of anybody out there. And with the way I do things might be completely unorthodox and they might be completely dangerous, I guess, or violent, but I kind of ch- channel that energy. Um, and so, like I said, me and my dad talk about alter egos. And so that was an alter ego that uh, I kind of connected with. And, also along the lines of that, like in college, I used to have like a big, uh, I have wrist tape on and I put, I put a big red circle or a big black circle, whatever marker I had. And it'd be like my reset button. And so it's kind of like a reset button for me as well. Like, I'm like, I have to touch things for me to like to see them. And for me to like activate, I guess. And so I kind of use it as a reset button whenever I need it.
1: So during a game, how much do you actually touch the Joker?
3: Not often. Like, Three times max, I would say. Uh, really, it's more of just big time plays when I need something, or if like we're on a 14 play drive and a two minute drill, and a little bit of extra juice at the end of the series it just it reminds me to take a deep breath, and I'm big on my breath work and you know how to the mental side of the game, and it's just a way for me to just recenter and refocus. And really, most of the time, I look at it and we could be we could be play 16 of a two minute drive, and I could have three catches and. I kind of get all my energy back and I got like three or four more plays left to me before I yell at my tight end coach, to pull me out of the game.
1: Are there times that you rely on the Joker for the reset versus the master chief?
3: Oh, no. I, I'm usually, I'm usually just slap with my right hand because it's I'm better slapping with it. And I like kind of the, it's just kind of, it's a wake up. That's just kind of what it's, you know, like people snap the rubber band on their wrist. That's kind of what sure, it is. Yeah. When I slap my forearm. Yeah. And it's just kind of a physical and mental reset for me.
1: So I did my research, George, and this is funny. There's a website called scary. Body. Yeah, listen to this: BodyArtGuru.com. I don't know if this is reliable or not, but BodyArtGuru.com has a whole breakdown of your tattoos, and they claim that you got your Joker tattoo the night before you got married. Is that true? <laughs>
2: that is. What's true. What's up
1: with that? Tell me that story. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. So, um, it was very. It was a bang bang thing. Like I decided I want. I'm getting married on a Wednesday. I decide that I want this tattoo on the Friday before my wedding. Okay. And I get it scheduled through my tattoo artist who did my bear paw up here. And I was like, hey, I would really like to get this. Um, I'm going to be gone for a while after this, but could you squeeze me in at all? And she goes, I actually have an opening on Tuesday. And so I was like, interesting. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure this was like a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. So I gave her like a 48 hour heads up. And I go home that night to my to my fiance, Claire. And I'm like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I, I'm showing her the image. And like, I didn't even have the image picked out yet too. Like I had a hundred Joker screenshots. Like I'm just filtering through them. I don't know what I really want. And I found like this one, the scene where he's in the jail cell, just sitting there. Um, cause he's there intentionally. And, uh, it's like the clapping scene where he's just going like this. Mm-hmm. That, that's such a great scene. Oh, and man. he, um, I just like, kind of stuck for me. And I was like, hey, Claire, like, what do you think about this? And I thought she was starting to stab me. I really, I really did. And she goes, we're getting married in two days and you want to go get a tattoo. Especially if you have something on your forearm that you're going to see every day, like, why do you want it on your forearm? And on? I explained it to her, the mental side of it, like the switch um, reset button. And she's like, all right. She was like, I understand you have a reason for it, but why do you do it right now? Is it like, because we're going to be gone for a couple of weeks? You know, yada, yada, yada.
1: These are good and... questions by Claire, by the way.
3: <laughs> oh, great questions, dude. Like I was spinning. I was like, ah, I'm just pulling stuff. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to make it work. Yeah. And she was, she did not really give me her blessing on it, but she said, just go. Cause it's something that you really want to do. I spent eight hours in a tattoo chair the day before my wedding. <laughs> and so she's just texted me. She's like, well, I need help with this. I'm just like, kind of stuck in a chair right now, babe. Like I, I don't have a lot going for me. Uh, but when I got it, I get home and I have to saran wrap it. And then I get yeah. married and I'm wearing a white shirt. So I had to my arm was saran wrapped the next day. I, I got married. So it was pretty fun. And then I took it off at the night and it bled all the way through. But it is what it is. And I had fun.
1: So you're telling me that and, and your wedding night, respectfully, George, it's a very sacred night for husbands and wife. You have a we bloody got, Joker we- tattoo all over your arm. <laughs>
3: Hey, hear me out though. So we did a small wedding. So it was literally, it okay. was me, okay. my mom, dad, sister, her, her mom, dad, sister, and then my best man, because he lived in Iowa city. Yeah. And we just did it like at our, at like our, we have a family jeweler and we sit it. Cause it's a very pretty store. We just did it in there. There's eight of us yeah. went there. And then we went uh, downtown Iowa city and got some good food. And so it was a small one. So like we were planning on getting married in Italy. This was just like a pre thing. Uh, just because getting married, I mean, being married is a lot better than being disengaged. It's Especially if like you know you're going
1: yeah, yeah, you know what you're in for. It's it's like if you look yeah, at a you know traditional kind of stuffy it. wedding and said, you know, yeah, like there why no so serious? Que- like I
3: wasn't. There were no other questions for it, and I was like, well, yeah, let's just get it knocked out now. And then, and I'm glad we did because then our wedding got canceled in Italy because of uh, the pandemic. Wow. And so we had to push it back, and it's supposed to be this year, and then it got pushed back again. And so we're just like, all right, well, I'm glad we're going on my second anniversary instead of still being just engaged. So I think wow. we played our cards right.
1: So Claire didn't show up and be like, well, guess what? I got a Harley Quinn tattoo on my leg, too. So we're made to be.
3: I would have loved that. That would have been awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, you're in for more questions. we got to pick up the pace. Now, question number four, your your subject, your category is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the the Rings. Here we go. In the film, The Return of the King, Mary and Pippin are sitting around the ruins of Isengard. What does Pippin tell Gimli? What food does he say is particularly delicious? Now, I want you to know that Aaron Rodgers was on the show, and I asked him the exact same question. And he got really close, but he got it wrong. And this is a guy, Rodgers has like been to New Zealand, he's been to Hobbiton. he's been to all that. He knows the stuff, and okay. he got it wrong. So Mary and Pippin okay. are sitting there stuffing their face and drinking and smoking, and Gimli is beside himself. This is, a,
3: this is at the very end of the movie.
1: No, it's at the beginning of Return of the oh, King. They just okay, yeah, they okay. conquered with, Isengard yeah. in the two towers, and with Gimli's Saruman, like, "You're drinking right. and smoking." Pippin says, "The blank is particularly delicious." What food does he say? He's sitting there stuffing his face with it, high and drunk as hell.
3: <laughs> what to say though? Want to say? I mean, in my head, it's either it's either like a cake or it's a or it's a meat. And so that's where I'm at. And like, I, know. I don't know, cause my, my first thought was that, the, sorry, the bread that, no, um, Sam and Frodo eat the whole time from the elves, but it's not that because that stuff was terrible.
1: Lemmless bread.
3: Yeah. yeah Why do you know that. so much? I know this yeah, stuff, how much, dude. How much studying did you do before Aragon? Well, came I just on watch show? Lord of the
1: Rings all the time.
3: Oh, I love that. I um, do. So what
1: meat? I'm going to say, mm, hit that Joker tattoo. Come on. Hit that <laughs> thing. <laughs> I think it's a deer. That's all I got. Okay. He says a deer. Um, You know what we're going to do to my intrepid staff? Instead of playing the right answer, wrong answer, just play the actual quote that Pippin is uh, delivering, and it will give us the answer right now. The salted pork is particularly good. It's not deer. The Mm. answer is salted pork. Salted pork. George, is that answer frustrating for you, or you never have gotten that?
3: No, I was really frustrated because I had pork in my head, and I was like, man, how much pork was really around
1: there?
2: <laughs> I don't remember seeing any pigs in Isengard. That's what I was
3: trying to, I was thinking of like, I was like, is it some random Lord of the Rings animal that I'm trying to discover right, <laughs> right. now in my head? And I was like, geez, Louise. I haven't seen a Lord of the Rings movie in a minute.
1: Why, those movies have played a big role, though, in your life and your upbringing. Tell me about that.
3: They did oh my dad used to read us the books for like bedtime stories oh yeah yeah oh yeah the books um the amount of times we've seen the movies i went to the return of the king four times with my dad in theaters. You did? and i was like what was it like three hour run time yeah i loved that every second of it yeah no so i am frustrated i got that wrong but you know i still got a i got a long way to go um I just, Lord of the Rings has always been far for me because it's the journey of like, you know, whether, and like every single character has their own journey throughout the entire film or the, the whole franchise <laughs> and from like Frodo, like they're figuring out their bravery throughout their journey to Mordor or, um, like Aragorn and, um, like Gandalf, like they all have their own journeys and it's just kind of see how they all develop and how they all deal with diversity, um, uh, or people in their lives. And it's just, uh, I don't, I connected well with that because, uh, I kind of feel like I'm living like a fantasy life, a dream of mine. and. They're kind of living a fantasy life. So there's a lot of similarities there.
1: I love that. That's very cool. That's that contagious positivity we talked about earlier. There's a thing, too, where along your journey right now, George, and I'm just I'm not going to pull punches here. You do not have a ring in your profession. Mm. You were very close to getting one. It was like you were there at Mount Doom and and you didn't get it. Um, I want to play you one other sound. The 49ers were playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You guys had a 10 point lead late. Things changed. You didn't win the game. And in the closing moments of the game, you were miked up on the sideline talking to yourself as your team was losing the Super Bowl. This is what it sounded like.
3: I will be back here. I will be back here. And I will be back.
2: Vengeance. The, the you will not get the best of me. No, sir. What's it like to hear that? Uh, it brings back a lot of feelings and emotions. I'll tell you that. Um. But, I mean, I'm glad I said to myself
3: because, you know, that's always my mindset is, uh, you know, I can do anything. And, like, it's not the it's not my last game I'll ever play. I have multiple chances. And, you know, just to play football and be back on the field, um, you know, just making it a promise to myself that I will be back there. And so that's why, you know, my off-seasons I take as seriously as I do because my goal is to win Super Bowls. Um, and, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that feeling because it looks like it's a lot of fun
1: it's you've built it back up and you're positive and this is you know a year and a half later in that moment and you're standing there and i know how confident that team was you guys were beating the hell out of everybody you destroyed green bay in the title game you're just beating the crap out of everybody physically as well as the chiefs for a long time and then the game turned as you're standing there it's finally washing over you oh my
2: god we're gonna lose what are the emotions uh mm. oh wow you're making me relive it. I love
3: yeah. it. Thanks, Kyle. You well, know.
1: You're on to good things now. You're in a giant place in Nashville. You got a big contract. <laughs> Jimmy's back. You guys are going to win it next year. Let's put this thing to bed.
3: Oh, I mean, the emotions, uh, disappointment, uh, you know, a little bit of heartbreak, uh, disbelief, I would say, uh, you know, because I, I mean, if you're playing the Super Bowl, you've got to be confident. Like, you can't be like, oh, wow, we're about to get our butts kicked. Like, anybody that has that mindset's, you know, I think, I think both, side, both teams thought they were going to beat the hell out of the other team. And so when you have that mindset and you know things will go the way you want them to go and you know how long the journey was and how difficult the journey is and how the ball has to bounce your way like a certain amount of times in every single game, you know, and all the little things that people forget, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, I mean it's a disappointment. And um, but you know, at the same time, I look at it as a you know, I'm so happy I gotta play in the Super Bowl. I mean, I definitely one of the most fun times I ever had in my life, like regardless of the outcome. Um because that was my dream as a kid to play in a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl, and you no, know, I got one of those things done. So now I just got to go back and win it.
1: You did not get the salted pork, George. But we're moving on to the next category. I told you these Dude, are all that's so disappointing. The second, I I, the
3: second you started the quote and I heard him talking, I was like, "It's pork. I am such an idiot." <laughs> like, I knew go with
1: p- your gut, Kittle. It'll get you good places. That was all the right? first. I, I, w- I wouldn't have gotten
3: salted, but pork was the first thing I had in my head.
1: I'm glad you didn't say pork, because then we would have had to argue whether pork was a correct answer or if I needed salted pork. You didn't. (laughs) Next category. Uh, Next category is dads. You've mentioned your dad several times in this conversation. I know he's huge influence to you. Let's see if we can get the question right. George, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, what is the most popular Father's Day gift in the United States? father's day gift most popular father's day gift in the united states i will tell you that the third place and second place are golf clubs and hammers third place and second place but the number one thing in the united states that people give their fathers and this is not some joke this is actual fact
3: yeah okay so it's my it's either like a shaving kit a wallet or a belt or my three that i want to go through (laughs) because that's all i remember as a kid (laughs) Um. <laughs> uh, mm, my first, my first thought was a wallet.
1: Okay. It's ironic because your dad, you know, helps you out financially. You give him a wallet. No, and I-
3: my dad doesn't even have a wallet. He uses a hair tie as his wallet. It's <laughs> abso- it's outrageous. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm gonna skip on the wallet.
1: Okay.
3: So it's a shaving kit. Yeah. Hmm. I'll go with the shaving kit. Let's do that.
1: Shaving kit is in the dad gift hall of fame because it's the right price point, And it seems oh, kind of daddish. Uh, is it a shaving kit for father's day? George, this is one of the case where your, your answer is better than the actual, the actual answer is a tie, like a necktie.
2: It's It was a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. I would bad. rather get a
1: shaving kit. I'm a dad now much rather get a shaving kit than a tie. I want to just ask you, your dad is just, it seems to be such a huge building block in who you are, where you've come from. Does he still write you the letters before games? Yeah, every game. Tell, tell the saved. people what, that, what that's about, unless anyone doesn't know. Your dad writes you letters. What, what are they like? Uh, yeah,
3: so my dad, he start, it started off in college and it was just like a way for him to keep in contact with me and communicate with me and to try to, you know, still have an impact in my life wait. Cause I was in college and, you know, college students don't really talk to their parents that often. And it's hard to call them back. Um, and so he would write me letters and they started off as just like, uh, you know, Hey, like, good luck. I'm proud of you. Have so much fun. And it was like one page handwritten. Um, and then we actually had to start, uh, after my, as my retro freshman year my year playing, we had to start like he had an email to me and then I would just print them out. And I like, he'd email it to me. I wouldn't even look. I'd like try not to look. I'd print it out. I'd put an envelope and I'd save it till game day. Um, it was actually really cool. When I got to the Niners and he just kept doing it. Um, he would just email to, um, one of our logistic guys, Michael slap, shout out to him. And he prints it off for me and then hands it to me every single night on Saturday nights before meetings. And so then I just keep my backpack. And then usually when I get to the stadium, I just read in my locker and, uh, it's really fun. And the whole letter consists of things from my childhood, you know, things to connect football to, um, a lot of just, you know, family, I love you. I'm proud of you. Uh, thing like, and it's a lot of it's been a lot of quotes. So, like, I get the small, consistent steps in the right direction lead to great results. It's one of my favorites. I get a lot of Bruce Lee quotes. Um, and like each, each, uh, letter has like a theme to it. So, like, a theme could be Bruce Lee, a theme could be Lord of the Rings, uh, a theme could be the Matrix. And then, uh, I always like it's a lot of photos too. So, whether it's like The Rock, because I love uh, The Rock and his mindset, Stone Cold. Uh, Neil for the from the Matrix, um, Gandalf. I get quotes from all these guys. Cool. It's it's awesome. It's really fun, and all. I I could probably share one or two with you. And it's really fun too because some of the games when it's against teams that he might not like, they're a little bit more vulgar and aggressive, <laughs> which is really fun. And my dad, I will say this, he's a very talented rider, so it's a full story from start to finish.
1: So I'm interested. What I don't need names or anything, but like what what is what constitutes a team that your dad doesn't like? Like what does he not like about a given team?
3: uh division rivals or um his mom despised the cowboys so she just didn't like the cowboys and so i guess we don't i, I wasn't allowed to like the cowboys growing up
1: <laughs> does by chance does your dad uh um dislike the saints because like george on that fourth down you beat the crap out of like 26 saints in this in their on their own field what was that letter like
3: it was a very good letter i remember yeah. that one uh that was that was a great letter i was i was pumped and uh, they're, I mean, they're all great. Like I, there's a couple that I remember vividly. Like one of my favorite ones was actually before my first, my first real, like, I mean, first game of my second year, we played Minnesota Yeah, and it was a great, I mean, it was great. Just like, you know, pick me up and he was like, it's just uh, you know, it's a new chapter in your life. So I'll go out and try to do something with it. like, you actually, you know, this, like just how different I've been, you know, my entire life and like yeah. how different I was that year. So it was a good pick me up. That's one I actually keep with me in my backpack all the time.
1: I love that, man. You know, my dad used to write me letters too. I think there's a lot of kids out there who get letters from their dads and for different reasons. And it's just, you know, whether it's typed or you see that handwriting, the second you see the handwriting, it just, it goes right to your soul. And, um, I think that is an unbelievably cool thing. I've kind of followed that from afar and you've talked about your dad. I I love it. I wonder if he might've written you a, um, a letter before this, if you would have done a little bit better, but let's find out as we go to question six, because we're two out of five, George, and this is the fan favorite category. All right. Fan favorite category right now is called Finish the Lyric. I play for you a popular song. <laughs> you're going to hear a singer go. And uh, as they oh. stop, as they stop, you have to finish what the line is. Now, if you wanted to involve Jan in this, uh, it's fine, because I will admit, George, this is not from your generation <laughs> or mine. But this is an iconic song. When it stops, finish Mom, what the singer will say. This
3: one. Come here, Jan. Yeah, we, j- here, just just put this headphone in. I guarantee in and Jan will know listen. it. Listen, a song is going to play, oh, no. and it's know it's it. from before I was born. Yes. And so then, whenever the singing stops, we have to finish the lyrics.
1: Okay. Oh my gosh. Do we We're get know one chance George... or do we get two chances? Yeah, you can get as many as you want. George, I bet okay. I'd be impressed if you knew it, but I bet Jan will know it. Here we go. George and Jan Kittle finish this lyric. I
2: my friend you
0: feel alright. I'll get you anything, my
2: friend, if it makes you feel
3: alright. Right. Right. I don't care too much for money. Much for money. Money can't buy you love. Can't buy you love. Can't buy you love. I'm gonna take
1: oh. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that. I'm money gonna accept that. I know the Beatles, baby. <laughs> <Good> job, <Mom. laughs>
3: Good, Good job, job Mom. You. <laughs> you were fantastic. Can't
1: buy you love. All right, George, that was really well done. We've never had a, a mother you. contribution before. We've done dozens of episodes. I'm impressed with you guys. George, Thank you. I played Can't Buy Me Love. Um, you have a lot of love in your life. Let's just, yeah. let's just call it what it is. You've also been rewarded with like a lot of money in your life. It's nuts. And here, here's my question. Mm-hmm. If I Google right now and I just say, George Kittle salary. Bam, there it is. Just numbers, million guaranteed, million per year, 1000000
2: is it like having people know how much money you make? Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I will say I changed my cell phone number, so I have a new cell
3: phone number. Okay. I got that like a week after my contract. Uh, well, I went to three high schools and college in the same town I kind of grew up in. And so I had a lot of people reaching out to me a lot, and I was like, I still have the phone, I still have that phone number, but I got a new phone, and I kind of keep that's like my new phone now. So, um, sorry if I haven't returned your text, guys. I haven't checked that phone in a while. <laughs> um, it is what it is. I mean, I I have a great circle, I have a great tribe around me, from my family to the people I work with every single day, um, to the guys I even work out with. So you know, nothing's really changed. Like, um, you know, I bought a new house, obviously, and I'm building like a training facility, but. No, my work ethic's the same. I talk to my guys the same. Uh, I still love to play video games. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't think I've really changed that much. And, you uh, know, my friends just support me. My family supports me. And uh, it's, it's actually, it's really easy to stay humble. Like when my, like I have unconditional love for my parents, which I think is one of the most privileged things you can have. Because um, I know not everybody, you know, has that support, that trust, that love that they, you know, have with their family. And so knowing that I have that for my parents, my sister, my wife, uh no, it's pretty special. And so uh they're very good at keeping me grounded and you know, keep me humble, but it's really not that hard, you know, when you got people like that around you.
1: You know, I remember um talking about your humility. I'll never forget this. It was about three or four years ago, it was Super Bowl weekend, and you were in town. You weren't playing, it was the Super Bowl that was in Atlanta. And yeah. I was in a restaurant with Schrager, who I work with, and we look across there and it's you and Claire. We're just at a restaurant sitting there. It's a really crowded restaurant full of football tourists who were in town to watch the game. And I just remember, like, there didn't seem to be anybody who recognized you or were taking pictures of you or saying, oh, man, that's Kittle, that's Kittle. Like, you were just so calm and this regular, ordinary guy. Next year, you blow up, boom, Super Bowl. Like, your life changed. You must have had a massive uh, injection of fame into your life when you guys had that amazing season. You went to the Super Bowl. What did that mm-hmm. feel like for you?
3: Uh, it was fun. Was it? I mean, that. yeah, I mean, I just, it, it is what it is. And I was just, you know, doing with, you know, my whole goal is just to play football to the highest level abilities I possibly can, you know, can play at. And, uh, you yeah, know, that's all I really focused on, you know, like Instagram followers and stuff like that kind of comes with it. But, um, I will say like one of the coolest things, like just being able to, you know, talk to other players in the NFL and like, you know, getting to know them, like me and Travis Kelsey, is still one of my favorite things I've done in my life. Like that was awesome. Cause I've watched so much of his film and I grew up, you know, loved watching him play. So the fact that I can call him a friend is pretty awesome. So I'll, if that's the fame you're talking about, then I'll take it. Cause that was, that was sick for me.
1: The media was not here for that, George. The two of you were going to be sworn enemies and talk shit to each other and compete and say, I'm better. No, I'm better. And you guys were just like, yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> he's, he's really cool. Yeah. I really admire his game. Good? And no one wanted to hear it. No,
3: I mean, uh, <laughs> People, people like comparing people, people like the contrasting people. They like, you know, they like that, uh, that drama, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know why there has to be drama. I love all the tight ends in the NFL. You no, know, they're all great players. I want to see them succeed because when they succeed, I succeed, you know, and then when I succeed, other people can succeed. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to help everybody out. And I think we kind of have that mindset. You know. uh, it's just, it's fun because I can learn things from Travis. I can learn things from, you know, Rob Tunyon. I can learn things from Hawkinson. And, you know, when you kind of have that brotherhood, it's, you know, it's easier to do things when you have an entire team behind you. And, you know, if you have a question, I can reach out to, you know, TJ, if I have a question about a team that I'm playing about a guy he's played before. And I can have a question with him about it. Oh, hi, Deanie. Hey, what's up, man? She likes leather leather couches.
1: Who doesn't? That's incredible. What's the dog's name? Beanie. All right. She's a Bernese Mountain Dog Poodle. Oh my gosh! All hands on deck for the Kittles. We are at three out of six, George. If you don't get a single point more, you still you will have a three out of ten, which would tie our all-time lowest score with Steve Smith Senior. But you still have a lot of questions left. In fact, you have four. Question number so seven. Not the worst? No, not the worst. You you you're definitely already not the worst. But the next question, another one I know you like. Your category is Harry Potter. Oh, George!
3: Okay. I'm going to give you a
1: choice. Would you like a question based on professors? or based on Hogwarts castle? Which category do you want?
3: I want the professor. No, the castle, there's way too much stuff going on (laughs) in there. There is a lot. Like, there's too much, man. All right, he chooses professors. professors.
1: Okay, this is simple. George Kittle, what Hogwarts professor was rumored to be a dueling champion in their youth? One of the professors at Hogwarts. The kids talk about it. It's in their write-up. A dueling champion in their youth. Dumbledore. You think it's? I'm not going to accept Dumbledore because Dumbledore is technically a headmaster for the majority but of. But he so, was a dueling champion, George. That's... I'm not going. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm helping you here. That was not the right answer. This is one of okay, the mainstay no. professors.
2: Yeah. Um. Let's see. No. What
1: do you think? I like, no, is, is this
3: can I, can I have one more question? Is this like sure. one of the is this one of the teachers that was there for one one movie and left, or is this like uh,
1: he no, was? No, this is just this is a mainstay. It's like this this professor. I wouldn't I choose some one off who shows up in okay. Half Blood Prince. This is a mainstay. I know my
3: because I was thinking Mad Eye Moody, but I wasn't sure about him. Not Matt, I bet you he was Mad Eye Moody. I can
1: mess people up. Yes, but no. This yeah. is a respected tenured. Uh, Hogwarts professor, and that's all I, think I will say. I,
3: I think it's Severus Snape, but you're going to like mess me up with like McGonagall or something like that, but I think it's Professor Snape.
1: Why would I be messing you up if it's McGonagall? That would be a fair answer. Is the answer Professor Severus Snape? No.
2: No, it is. Mm.
1: It's Professor Flitwick.
3: Does
2: that the ring a bell? At all?
3: No, I know what you're talking about wow is that from the movies or the books
1: it's from both specifically the books Dude, i'm what, a book guy and i know you are too
3: you know what i should have done before coming on this if i ever come back on again i will um that was my sister by the way
1: oh
2: hey
3: she's here too <laughs> yeah hi what's um, your sister's name my sister's name is emma
1: Emma. she's actually welcome. my she's
3: my yoga instructor um so she'll be here for the final two questions so i got <laughs> we need all the help we can get We're yeah at we need three all the Next time I come on your show, I'm going to reread all the books that okay. I've read in my life and then reread, rewatch all the movies I've watched because okay, I please. guess I got to do, I got to do homework up myself. But These don't have
1: leads. any Genuine draft. You're Bud Light. George, this is why I'm asking you. You love all things um, fantasy. You Obviously, Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, Harry Potter. You love that shit. So right now, you and me are going to have a little fantasy draft. Here's what I mean. Okay. I'm going to say a football position. You have to pick what fantasy character you would want to play that position. My old buddy, Matt Money Smith and Petros used to do this. In other words, like, I'm going to say quarterback. You can have anybody you want and you could choose, you know, Dumbledore. Anybody got it in the entire fantasy world, Marvel, anything. Who would be the quarterback in your
2: fantasy draft, George? Uh, Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Why? Oh, well, he's the captain. Everyone looks
3: up to him. He's got the leadership. Mm -hmm. He's got a cannon. Um, and he's a very, he's very mobile, very good athlete. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna go with Captain America. All
1: right. For my quarterback, I'm going to choose the predator who has a uh, laser mounted targeting system is huge and can become invisible running back. Kittle, who would you choose in the fantasy world for your running back?
3: Wait, so this is a list that you already have made right now.
1: No, I just thought of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Who's my running back? Yeah. Who's in the fantasy world, comics, movies, uh, sci-fi, whatever you want.
3: Mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna stay in the marvel universe Good. actually i'm gonna go black panther
1: oh that's a great running back wicked stiff arm yeah. agile as hell do
3: you do you remember in the uh, infinity war where he actually has the gauntlet and he's running and he just murders everybody yeah, yeah. he black runs panther. like
1: dk Metcalf, like he's incredible like absolutely great choice <laughs> i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go juggernaut from uh, also from that world he X-Men. runs through every wall ever uh x-men yeah Moving That's on good. to we have two more positions. George, Who you have Captain America, Black Panther. Who is your
2: fantasy wide receiver in our fantasy draft here? Um, hmm. I'm going to go the, again, in the Marvel Universe, I'm going to go with the Spider-Man.
1: <sighs> you took my guy. It's just like a real Roll- fantasy draft. I wanted Kittle. You took Kittle. And, and why Spider-Man? Go ahead. Damn it.
2: Good man, yeah. No, he just can't he, he stick to
1: walls. I mean, it's
3: he'd be like Jerry Rice. So my my other thought, yeah. no, I'm gonna let you pick and I'll tell you what my other thought was.
1: All right, uh, I'm gonna choose for wide receiver, I'm gonna go with a possession receiver. I'm gonna go with uh, Chewbacca, just he's gonna muscle people very tall, good on the corner fade in the red zone, not a lot of breakaway speed, but on that third and Super eight, tough. he'll get you nine yards. <laughs> yeah, I'm, my I'm next gonna go
3: Mr. Fantastic.
1: Oh, the rubber Mixed guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much better. All right. Yeah, let's bring this to a oh, close. George, your fantasy tight end. This is the George Kittle fantasy draft. Who is your tight end? This is a big, big choice for you.
3: Thanos. Oh,
1: of course it's Thanos.
3: Because I'm, inevi- I'm inevitable,
2: baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. You know, it's funny, George, because we're going to put this out and everyone will be like, who had a better fantasy draft, Kittle or Brandt? And like I was doing really well to first first two rounds. And then you just hit Thanos. You know, who my tight end is my, my fantasy tight end is Hagrid <laughs> because he's really big and strong and he doesn't care if he gets the ball like he's a selfless guy. But I can't really exactly follow. Like,
2: left tackle? With yeah,
3: right. Do you, know? Know. you want a
2: left tackle? Yeah, actually, that's my left saw, tackle. I saw
3: a fantasy draft of, uh, what was it, um, like uh, like Disney movies or yeah. Pixar movies. And they had Shrek was their starting left tackle. Oh,
1: <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Absolute monster. That's great. That's your Big Joe Batonio right there. <laughs> that's a Shrek. All right, yeah, so the Kittle monster. Fantasy team, Captain America quarterback, Black Panther running back uh spider-man wide receiver and thanos as your first team all galaxy tight end it's a hell of a squad that's a, look at it, and he's got the bear paw george three questions left category number eight thank god is multiple choice because you're three out of seven multiple
3: choice let's go yes,
1: this is a very weird question that's category it, awesome. for question eight is birthdays which of the following is a birthday tradition in canada a... Birthday tradition in Canada. Yes. Got it. A, the pulling of the earlobes. B, the buttering of the nose. Or C, the throwing of the flower. One of those things the Canadians allegedly do. Pulling of the earlobes, buttering of the nose, throwing of the flower.
3: i with buttering of the nose. How come? Uh, just... It just kind of stuck with me, you know, it just seems like a totally normal
1: thing to do in Canada. Okay, um, out of respect. For ladies and gentlemen, is it possibly buttering of the nose? <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> oh, hey there, How are we doing, eh?
1: So George, I, I looked this up and then I checked it with the Canadian friend that I have. He said he remembers from childhood. Apparently, you literally rub butter on the nose. And it's to make you slippery from bad luck or something so it won't bad luck. I'm doing, I'm doing
3: that from now on. I'm all in.
1: Okay, buttering of the nose in George's next birthday. Here's why I ask you. It's not because of Canada. George, what's the deal with you on Twitter and social media? I follow you. And all the happy birthdays, hi, how are you? You do it constantly to people looking for you to get that from you. You know what I'm talking about? Why do you do
2: that? The happy birthday?
1: Yeah, I mean, people uh, always be like, George Kittle said hi to me would make my day. Sure enough, two minutes later, hi emoji from Kittle or happy <laughs> birthday. It's this very positive thing you do.
3: Uh, really just because I put myself, i don't, I always try to like everything I do, I try to do it through the eyes of like, hey, would my 13 or 14 year old self be proud of me? Mm. And I know that as a 13 year old, if I got a happy birthday from an NFL football player, I would be so ecstatic because I know that the times when I was a kid and I asked for autographs and I got denied, I still remember that. I still remember not getting an autograph back. And so like, I know I remember that feeling. I'm just like, well, how hard is it for me to take five seconds and just say, Hey, happy birthday. And it, they get to retweet it. They get to have fun with it. It is what it is. And you no, know, if they, if I can just, you know, bring a little bit of joy and happiness to everybody's life, I think the world's a better place. You know, I try to make everyone smile, like one person smile a day. If I can get out five happy birthdays in a day, I make a couple people smile. And so uh, that's just what I try to do. Um, I'm all about good vibes and having fun. And so I think it's a very easy thing for me to do, just to sit on a pretty easy tweet.
1: You are relentlessly positive. I wonder the tweets you can do, ding, 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 happy birthday, symbol. What about the actual autographs when you're coming in and off the field in training camp or just out in public, when we used to go out in public more? Do you have that thing where you remember the 13 year old and you're like, I gotta sign oh, yeah. all these?
2: Oh, hundred
3: percent. Like I tell you, like I have vivid memories of people who didn't sign stuff for me and I still know their names. And I don't want some eight-year-old kid to have a vendetta against me in 30 years because I didn't sign this football. But like, yeah, I mean you just and I know like it just it makes kids happy because I like the jerseys that I do have are signed. Like even as an adult, I get a signed jersey. I'm like, this is so sick. Like I can't wait to hang this in my room. I can't wait to have this for the rest of my life. And so if I feel that as an NFL football player, then I know a kid and I send his hat or his little inflatable football and he'll have that for the rest of his life or, you know, until he gets something else side. And so it just, uh, I know every time I look at it, he might smile. You know, he has a good story to tell. Hey, I met Georgia training camp. Uh, he wore my sombrero. Like I've done that multiple times. Like it just, just have a little fun out there. And you know, the, the fans that support us and come to our practices and, you know, go to a wage trips. Like, no, I love them. Like, It's way more fun with fans, and so I just I can reward them. And if it takes me 15 minutes of my time, that's all. That's all that matters.
1: Well, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. You said it twice. You remember the people who haven't done it. George, you and I both – No, 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 hold on. I understand. George, you and I both grew up Bears fans, all right? Mm -hmm. I used to go to Bears events. Are are we talking – did you go with your parents or something? Did you go to, like, Bears training camp? What would you go to where you were looking for autographs?
2: All
3: right. So I was actually really lucky uh, when we lived in Iowa, when I was a kid growing up, my dad would do a big fundraiser in Iowa and there'd be a bunch of Iowa football players that would come back. And this was like right after Dallas Clark got drafted. Okay. Uh, like uh, Bob Sanders, like he had just said, like, I think he had just had defensive player of the year. Like yeah. he came back for one of them. Uh, like Nate Kading came back. Sure. So like Keep that it. whole class of Iowa hawk, And I was a diehard Hawkeye fan. Oh yeah. Brad Banks oh, awesome. came a bunch. Uh, Robert gallery came. Love yeah. that guy. I have great photos with Robert Gowder when I was a kid and I was, I would go up to like his kneecap <laughs> and he's just full size. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. But, um, i so the thing that I didn't get signed, so like they'd always have jerseys and auctions and stuff like that. And my dad would always like, like he got me a Nate Caden jersey, which was really fun. Uh, he stuck me like a Dallas Clark football. Um, the one that I never got, I sent a helmet to the Colts facility for Bob Sanders and Dallas Clark. With return postage, and I never got it back. Like a oh. full big helmet. My dad got it, my parents got it for me for my birthday or something. Never got it back. And I was heartbroken. I still am heartbroken. And I've also, yeah, yeah I'm just heartbroken about it. So that's tough. Wow. Still on. I was like, oh, yeah, because the Bears and Colts are like when the Bears and the Colts played in the Super Bowl, like that was my dream. Because I love the Colts for all the Iowa guys they had. And I love the Bears because I grew up a Bears fan. So like that was like my dream Super Bowl.
1: See what's going to happen. And I think this is a happy ending. The story is going to go out and the kids oh, no. are going to hear about I full it. Intent, full
2: and intention. Sanders
1: and Clark are going to hear about it. And we're going to get little George Kittle that helmet. I promise we're going to do it.
3: I can't, I can't wait. Like to, that has been something I, like, I still think about that. Like that's the image in my head when a kid asked me for an autograph. I'm like, I'm not going to let this kid think about me in 20
1: years. George, two questions left. You're a four two out of eight. You're up. tied with Bill Simmons. Well, let's get these two so we can do. Decent. Question number nine. Your category is entrance music, all right? Entrance music. That is music. entrance oh, music from professional wrestling. Now, here's, this way where it gets dicey, George. I'm going to leave it up to you. I have chosen three professional wrestlers' entrance music that I'm going to play for you, and you have to identify it for the point. But I leave it to you. I have chosen one I, I, de- I denote as easy, one as medium, and one as hard. No judgment here. Do you want the easy, medium, or hard? They're all worth the same points.
3: Wait. Can I do all three for three points?
1: You cannot do that. I respect the hustle. Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. I want the easy way. All Man, right. Here we go.
3: Easier, not harder.
1: All right, George.
3: No, I better not mess this up.
1: Yeah, this you have to know this one. I I, I really do think you'll know I this. I hope so, dude. All right. I, like know, I said, I'm, bad, I'm, bad, I'm bad with
3: stuff before like 2010. This is going to be tough.
1: All right. Let's find out. Um, let's <gasps> play George, the one I denote. <laughs> 2010. That was like 20 minutes ago. All right. right, let's. Dude, de- I'm telling you. Let's play. The one I think is
2: easy.
3: Triple X. I mean, Triple H. Sorry, Triple X.
2: Triple H. No.
3: Wait. Yeah, I don't know how it wouldn't.
1: Wrestling Twitter is screaming. I, I can't, I can't, I can't accept Triple H because it's kind of an offshoot of Triple H.
3: The Degeneration X.
1: That's it. You got it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes.
3: Oh, yeah sorry. Woo. I thought he. I thought he had the same one. That's okay. my bad. I thought he had the same one as that. But yeah, no, Degeneration. X. Yeah.
1: DX. You yeah, got yeah. it. Thank God, jo- I was gonna feel like a dick. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so it Oh yeah. No, no, no. That's why. No. I, I was like, huh? Well, at first I was like, right. Uh, I was just listening to the lyrics a little bit, but yeah, no, I I it was Triple H right away. I knew that.
1: Triple H, HBK, Generation X. There's a subspecies of wrestling fan who just they're obsessed with entrance music. I, I, I you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm the same way. George, let me bring it back to football before you finish, finish the question ten. Uh, I'm gonna okay. say I'm gonna say an NFL player, and you say what professional wrestler you think they would be.
2: Just what comes to mind? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah hmm oh, wow give me one sec
1: i was gonna suggest um nature boy you know kind of the greatest won a lot of titles everybody thinks he's cool am i in the right direction there you're better at this than me
3: i mean I, like i was like i, I was thinking rick flair john cena
1: mm-hmm.
3: because mm-hmm. he's also like he's also an incredible human being Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you go either way for that. Flair I don't know. I think, uh, I think, I think, I think Rick Flair's a little more of outgoing than Tom. <laughs> potentially. I don't know. I don't know, Mr. Brady. You know, I don't know Tom, but the Rick, the stories I've heard in his documentary, I think he's a little different.
1: <laughs> I think so too. What about, all right. A little different. What about what wrestler is Aaron Rodgers? Oh, A lot going
2: on um, there. Right? There is a lot going on there. The Suave. Mm. <laughs> mm. I kind of want to say he's like HBK. I really do. Okay. Yeah. I'll give him HBK.
1: I was thinking uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, very Ooh. talented. Um, kind of done all the jobs. He goes through the beat of his own drummer yeah, a little that's bit. That's a good one. You know?
2: I liked it. You just made the
3: list. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite gimmicks I've Fantastic. seen. Fantastic.
1: Let's do one more. <laughs> this one applies yeah, okay. to you this year. J.J. Watt. New to the NFC
2: West. What wrestler? JJ Watt. Yes. What wrestler? Um, I mean, I, I mean, that, that's JJ, JJ's John Cena. I yeah. yeah, that's better than Tom Brady.
3: Yeah, yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's John Cena. You can't not be.
1: Yeah, it's one hundred
3: percent.
1: Right down to the jean shorts, almost. JJ Watt, John so, Cena coming to the NFC West.
3: I picture, I picture John Cena rapping, and then I remember the Hard Knocks episode with. J.J. Watt rapping.
1: Sitting on a tire. I,
3: it's, it, dude, <laughs> I'm picturing it right now. It's like, it's the same exact same thing. There's nothing wrong with it. I love absolutely every second of it, because I would have thought it was really cool, too. So,
1: How are you going to block that guy this year? You might have to block that guy.
3: I uh, cut block. <laughs> There's techniques. There's techniques. Welcome to the <laughs> NFC. <laughs>
1: is, this, is this now real football coming over from the AFC? Like, Is that the way it works? I mean,
3: this is going to get plastered, but they like the NFC West is the toughest division in my opinion. Like you got, well, look what I get, what every single team does every single year to try to bring guys to the NFC West. You have to, the high competition from, you know, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf and their defense, you know, and, um, the Cardinals, they look pretty good on offense. You can't lie there. And then you got JJ, I mean, Chandler Jones, I still think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That dude's an absolute monster. You guys try to block him. He has go-go gadget God. extender arms. That's really annoying. Um, and then uh, the Rams sprouted Stafford, and he's pretty good. Um, they got Aaron Donald, who's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's the toughest division of football. But I'm not ever really worried about it because I got Nick Bosa, and I'm good on that. And I got a coach Shanahan, who's a, I would say is a pretty good genius. So, I'm, I'm pretty set
1: there's people down in florida right now george who think uh, the buccaneers look pretty tough in that super bowl. Oh,
3: 100%. I don't know. I'm not saying best team. I'm just saying I think the NFC West is best division. You know, obviously you got to play and you got to win to prove that you're the best team. And we didn't do that last year so I can't even come close to saying that. I understand that. But I'm confident in my team and when we're healthy, very confident in us.
1: Look for George this fall cutting John Cena and the NFC West, because there are ways, as he says, and there are ways to finish, which is question 10. Here we go, George. Last question of the day. You are five out of nine. You are tied with Pat McAfee with a five. Boy. You can beat him here. One more.
3: I'm going to actually I'm going to RKO, JJ, because I'm the Viper.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, on. that's what- okay last question is always an essay meaning i'm going to give you a topic and you have the floor 30 seconds minute whatever you want to explain your thoughts on it and if i find your essay compelling i will give you the point which will give you a six out of ten if i don't i'm over it you don't get the point here you go so this
3: is like like what i've been doing the whole time (laughs)
1: lobbying (laughs) begging needling you're used to this george here you go i am your essay i want you to explain to me why San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo is the hottest male athlete on the planet.
3: Okay. Wow. All right. I can roll with this. Why is Jimmy G the hottest male athlete yeah. on the planet?
2: Yeah.
3: Um. Well, I mean, when you first look at Jimmy, um, really it's crazy because even though he's wearing a helmet, the chin strap doesn't hide the chin line. Like it's still there and it is striking and it kind of, no, when you see it, you kind of like startle, and it kind of gets you on your toes, and you kind of—I don't know—if you get like an anxiety, you're like, "Whoa, like whoa, I'm taking a what is that?" And then you get to know him, and then you see his, you see his hair, and it's always very nice. It's very pretty, and it always looks good. He's got that nice—he has that nice olive oil skin, <laughs> and it's—it's it's hot. I will tell you that. And then, really, I think what the hottest thing about Jimmy, besides yeah. the chin line. Um, I will say this when he first got to the Niners, my rookie year, and he went under center and gave
2: his snap count, <sighs> the whole team was just like, Whoa,
1: really? What about it?
2: It's, it's, um, there's a, just a lot to it, man. Like it's, it's, it kind of just,
3: you, just like you feel it in your soul. And I'm not even gonna lie. Like it is not, so not even, I'm not even pretending on that one. He's got such a fantastic. What does it experience. sound like? I can't do it. No, uh-huh. I'm not a quarterback. You know, last I, last time I gave a cadence was ninth grade, <laughs> JV team, baby, option right. team quarterback. What's up?
1: So baritone uh, is like this no, it's baritone just, deep voice, or is it just like uh, sexy it's, or shrill? What is
3: deeper? It? It's you no, know, like makes you feel like you have an opportunity to win the play, and I think that goes a long way. Kind of inspires you. Not gonna lie, and you know I will also say this. Um, he is my locker buddy, so I mean I could say more things, but I think this show is PG thirteen, so I'm just gonna leave it there.
1: Disagree. Drop draw. What are we dealing with here? Come on, let's get it. We want this point, Kittle, talented man.
3: Oh, I will also say this, he's got fantastic, fantastic. Um, uh, what was that what's wrong? He always knows how to like prepare, and ha- he always knows how to look good for everything. Like you won't catch Jimmy G not looking good. He's very, very talented at that, and he's like, well, yeah. He goes, why would I want people to look at me and be like, oh, that's how that guy kind of dresses? he's he's good at that
1: that's a beautiful description i would have taken the hardcore stuff but you had me at you still see his jawline even with the chin strap on and george Kittle, you get the damn point that's it you finish with a beautiful six Uh, out of ten and you have finished the ten questions how
3: do you
2: feel george i'll take six um i feel i'm very
3: proud of myself Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have better effort out there uh, I'm really disappointed in the the salted pork one. But <laughs> the fact that I have something in common with Aaron Rodgers now, other than being friends with big Bob Tunyon, um, I'm pretty confident in that. And uh, I feel I feel very good about that. So uh, you know I'm confident in what I did today, and I think I can do better given another opportunity. So I'm looking forward to season two and I'll do more research for you and I might also bring 10 questions of myself.
1: Okay, I love it. You. you just tied Rodgers, like you said, and Gronkowski. George, before you go, everybody does it you have to do a call out, which is you think of a, a public figure of uh, some stature who you think might want to come in and take you out and outdo your six out of 10. Who should come on to 10 questions and compete? Who do you think?
2: Oh, I You've like got a lot that. of good ones. I like that a whole bunch. Um, who comes to mind?
3: <sighs> Wait, how many tight ends do you have?
1: just you and Gronk, but we've gone back to back. It looks like, so just, just two, I think. So if you think like, you know, there's a lot of excellent tight ends out there. One of the ones that people try to make you a rival with has never come on the show, but it's your pick.
3: Yeah. It's right on the tip of my tongue. The, mm, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Trav. Come on out here, baby. Have some fun with us. Have some fun with us. can,
1: Can Travis beat your six out of 10?
3: Can he? Yeah. Well, if he, you know, if he has more help than I did, maybe. Um, if you give him some softball questions like you didn't give me, maybe. <laughs> but no, he won't.
1: Yes, the softballs. <laughs> I asked George about Lord of the Rings, Hogwarts and Dads, and the best we could do with a dog and a hard. sister and a lifeline and a mother was a 6 out of 10. It takes a village. What, is, what what
3: place was that? I was like tied for what? Third or fourth?
1: You're right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's
3: good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I just, look, I didn't want to be too good where people couldn't do better than me. Like, when people win, they're like, oh, I beat George. like, yeah, hey, congratulations.
2: Yeah, that's the the insufferable
1: Alex Smith, the NFL's comeback player of the year with a 9 out of 10. Nobody likes him, but everybody likes Kittle. Oh, screw it. Screw Screw that guy. Total, uh, known league-wide as one of the great football jerks, Alex Smith. (laughs) (laughs) George, uh, you were incredible. Thank you. We covered a lot of ground. I know that you wanted a better score, but we learned the biggest thing about you is, I mean this, you are relentlessly positive and optimistic, and I know you feel like you're living a fairy tale. I was glad to be part of it for 10 Questions, man. Thank you so much for coming on.
3: Thank you, Kellen. Uh, really just thank you for being friends with my mom because she's very proud of that.
1: Of course. Jack had an incredible, incredible woman. Big <laughs> Beatles fan, as it turns out. So the entire Kittle family, we will see you next time on 10 Questions. Take it easy, George. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.